0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Forever War, Part 2. First, I might have to make a quick correction. Last installment, I said that the game graphics of Pluto didn't look to have been updated since uh, after the new Horizon probe flyby. I've since read an article that claimed that not only did Frontier, the makers of Elite Dangerous, plan to update the Pluto graphics, But they are also going to factor in a thousand years of erosion onto its surface. So uh, if so, that might explain the difference between the in-game simulation of Pluto and the image from the New Horizons in 2015. And if that's the case, then that's really cool, and I stand corrected. Okay, at the end of the first episode, we were at Charon in the year 1997, and our main characters were leaving to go to Stargate. Stargate was a Collapsar, a kind of a black hole phenomenon that allows ships in this story to travel to distant points in the galaxy. The catch is that they have to fly into them at relativistic speeds. In game, you can see I have traveled 2.5 light years from the sun, which is the distance between Stargate and the sun in the book. After spending a few days doing construction, expanding the base at Stargate, they go to their first combat mission at Epsilon Auriga. The first thing they learn is that their near absolute zero degree training was not useful for this mission. The planet they're going to, two AUs from Epsilon Auriga, is a balmy plus 79 degrees Celsius. That's 174 Fahrenheit or 352 Kelvin. In the game, the star of Epsilon Auriga also known as HIP23416 is named Al This matches the Wikipedia entry for Epsilon Auriga, so I'm pretty sure that I have the right star. It's a whopping 2038 light years from the sun. That translates to 54 jumps in this game. I won't make you sit through all those jumps during this video, so I'll use some digital trickery to make it look like one single jump. I like in the novel. See you on the other side. Frame shift drive charging. Four, three, two, one. Engage. System scan complete. Here we are. I managed to take it down to 46 jumps, actually, by shedding a bunch of weight. I got rid of some weapons, uh, my shield booster, SRV, wake scanner, things I didn't absolutely need. This is where we are relative to Earth, further out from the galaxy center. I've been to the center in this game, but never this far away from it, so this is a first for me. This is a binary system in the real galaxy. This is also suspected to be a binary, but with a ring of debris all around. Uh, I'm picturing maybe like Vega. Uh, There's none of that here. Interestingly, I jumped in around the secondary star, not the primary. I don't recall that ever happening in this game before, and I wonder why it did that. This system is pretty bland. No planets or asteroids of any sort. So back to the story. After they collapse our jump, they decelerate from near light speed for a couple of weeks at two gravities. During the deceleration, they fire some torpedoes and destroy an enemy vessel that was pursuing them. The torpedoes are 50 gigatons, so that's like a thousand times more powerful than the Tsar Bomba, the biggest explosion to date in Earth's history. They arrive at the planet and send a number of delta wing shuttles to the surface. I'm picturing something like the Zorgon hauler from the game here. They land in water and then go to a beachhead where they have to hike 80 kilometers to get to the enemy base. The planet has rudimentary plant life and on the way they encounter some roughly bear-sized animals. They fire on these but when the animals die some of the soldiers with high extrasensory perception die as well. Remember that this was written in the 70s back when a lot of people believed in ESP. A lot of charlatans were on TV pretending to bend spoons and read minds and such. It took people like the Amazing Randy to put a stop to that by exposing the trickery behind it all. But for the sake of the story, let's assume that some future humans from the year 1997 are telepathic. After days of hiking, they arrive at the enemy base and engage the Torrens. This is the first ever ground action between the two species. The first tauren they see is on a kind of a speeder bike encased in a bubble. The alien looks vaguely like an anthropomorphic wasp. The base is alien architecture, obviously, and they can't really tell what purpose the buildings have or what to shoot at. The alien defenses consist of spheres of energy that float horizontally over the ground. I'm kind of picturing the balloon in the old prisoner tv series if you've ever seen that those bubbles destroy everything in their path but can be avoided by ducking to the ground the soldiers make quick work of the Torrens who aren't prepared for ground fighting the human soldiers also had hypnotic conditioning that made them into killing machines much to their own surprise they win the battle but fail to capture a prisoner which was part of their initial mission though Over the next few chapters we see them going through various Collapsar jumps and dodging ship-to-ship attacks and this is where it gets interesting and why I like this book so much. The author rather than avoiding the laws of physics uses them to enhance his story. Within a few months our protagonists are now 10 years into the war because of special relativity. They encounter enemy ships that have had years of technological advancements while these particular humans are still using antiquated technology. Acceleration also factors strongly in order to outmaneuver enemy ordnance they have special pressure suits in, in liquid to protect them from massive G's while the ship's onboard computer takes evasive maneuvers. It's like in the Expanse if you've seen that but the opposite In The Expanse, they pressurize themselves internally, and in The Forever War, it's externally. And this doesn't always work. After a few harrowing jumps, they return to a very different Earth than they left behind. I will get into that in the next installment. Thank you all for following. Please subscribe and comment if you'd like to hear more, and until next time, bye for now.